Lord Jesus, I come before you today. And I thank you for who you are. I pray you'd, uh, pray you'd empty me yourself and that you preach through me. And that these, we would uh, understand this passage, that we take it to heart, and that we'd be changed by it. Here I pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you, I mean all of us, have had this problem with friction between us and another human being? It just happens because we're humans. And in our human effort, we try to solve this problem. We try to be nice with people. We try to do nice things for that person. <clears throat> and we try to solve this problem. But in our own human efforts, can we solve this problem? No, we cannot solve this problem because humanly speaking, no matter what happens, we're going to end up having friction in different situations. Like, have you ever had problems at work? I mean, I haven't worked yet, but I've heard numerous stories of people that just frustrate you. They want to drive you crazy, and they know what they're doing. It's the only problem. And the thing about this is, we try to help them, but because they are not safe, and if we try to act the way they are, we're not representing Christ right. So what we need to do is, instead of trying to solve the problem here, we need to come back to God and solve the problem between us and Him. Because if we have between us and Him right, He's going to fill us with His Holy Spirit, and we'll be able to act as Christians. And even if they hate us, and even if they want to hurt us, we're not going to be a problem with them because God is working through us. So I'd like you to turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We'll start in verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them raising me together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength. And to love him his and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any questions. The setting for this passage here is the Pharisees had come by. I mean, if you were in Sunday school, my dad just read, my dad went through this passage. But they were all trying to trick Jesus into compromising himself to where he would get himself into trouble with the people or with Rome. But Jesus put them all to silence. And this one man, who was a lawyer, which in um, Mark, Matthew, I'm sorry, I Anyways. In Matthew, in the, in the parallel passage in Matthew, it says specifically that he was a lawyer and that he was trying to also, he was trying to trick Jesus. And so he thinks in his own area of specification and expertise, which was the law, he was going to trick Jesus and get himself into a nice position with all of his friends. He was going to put this guy to silence. His question was, which is the greatest commandment of all? And in the Jewish law, there was six, there was over 613 commandments. And never mind all the traditions and all the Torahs and all the commentaries, and on and on it goes. 
Everything in their life was regulated. And he asked them, which is the greatest one? Which one, if you followed only, would satisfy the rest? He was expecting him to answer, you know, maybe the first commandment and, you know, one of the Ten Commandments. And then he would say, you know, well, if that's the first one, what about this one? And get him into trouble with the people. But the problem was, Jesus answered him in a way that put him to silence. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And love your neighbor as yourself. Which is totally true. Because, and so he saw, excuse me. And he put this guy to silence. He just said, and after this guy, he said, you know, you're not, this guy answered him discreetly. The other guys in this passage, he totally blew them away. He totally made, he put, totally rebuked them. And this passage, in this, this law, scribe, he said, you know, he answered him discreetly. didn't try not to give Jesus a chance to, to uh, rebuke him. But then Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. He said, you are not far from the kingdom, you're, but you're still not in the kingdom. And you know, if we look at this passage, what can we get out of this passage? What would the scribe get out of this passage? We find that in this passage, there's a commandment to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So if we're going to follow this commandment, we need, this is our action here. So we need to define, define this action, and the action is love. Well, what is love? Well, it's not this ushy-gushy feeling that you feel to someone else. Oh, I love you. If you want that feeling, eat a bowl of oatmeal. But... My father always says. But if you turn with me to John chapter, first John, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Turn around, turn this one here. John chapter John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm sure most of us have memorized this verse, and most of us know it, but I just like to go there. It says, For God so loved. And it, it says, God loved so much, basically. For God so loved. It says, God so loved what? The world. And so we have the same action. We have God loving. And in the Bible, if we want to define something, we go to the Bible to define it. And this is God showing us what love is. And so God loved the world that he what? Say it with me. Gave. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And see, God loved and so he gave. And so God tells us to love. And so if we're loving, we also ought to give. But what should we give? And if we're giving, it says God is his... Love, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Well, if we're loving God with our heart, we ought to give him our heart. Amen. And also I want to point out that in uh, chapter, verse 28, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You gotta, before you start loving God, you've got to make sure you have the right one. You've got to make sure you have a living relationship between you and him. You must ask him to save him. Once you have that, then you can start loving him. But before that, because we love him because he first loved us. And so now that we have the right God, now that we are loved by him, we need to start loving him because it works both ways. And so we're loving with our heart. Well, what is it you're giving? Your heart is the seat. I believe that the heart is the seat of your desires. 
If you turn with me to Psalm 34, you don't have to turn if you want to, but um, it says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. The thing is, he, it says, you can delight yourself in God, and he'll give you the desires of his heart. But humanly speaking, our hearts and desires are evil. Ephesians 2.3, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh and of the mind, whereby and were by nature the children of wrath, even as other, others. And then the Bible uh, says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? So if God is going to give us the desires of our heart, if we delight in him, and if we're going to love God and give him our heart, we need to get a new heart. We need to get new desires from him. We need to empty our, ourselves of self and give it to him by loving him. Amen. And we love, and the thing I want to point out is this is daily. We die daily, says Paul. And we must do this daily because every morning we want to take back that old heart. We like it. But if we like that old heart, we must daily give it up and give it back to God and stop taking it back. And say, Lord, I know my flesh wants that old heart and wants that old desires. But I would, I want you, I want to love you, and I want you to fill me with you. And when we give God our heart, what does He give us in return? He gives us new hearts, new, a new heart, and new desires. In Ezekiel thirty-six, chapter uh, in Ezekiel chapter twenty-six, thirty-six. I'm sorry, verse twenty-six. You turn there. It says. And, um, if you're there, you can just follow along with me. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the, oh, the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. See, and it says, God's going to give us a new heart. And with that new heart, we're going to love him and follow his judgments and do them. But the other problem is, if we, if God's going to give us a new heart, he can't give us a new heart if we still have that old one. we got to give it away. we got to get rid of it before he can give us our new one. The second part of this commandment, is, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. It says not only to give God your heart, but it says to give him your soul. So, I mean, sorry, it says to love him, love your God with all your soul. So if you're loving him all with your soul, Jesus says the same thing, I believe. It says that means you ought to give all your soul. You can't keep part of it. This is an all or nothing you can't keep part of your, you can't love the Lord with your heart and not with your soul and love the Lord with your heart and not with your soul. If he's got this much of it, he's got all of it. If he doesn't have this much of it, he doesn't have any of it. And so, what is your soul? Well, I believe your soul is the center of your emotions, your passions. When emotion gets involved, interesting things happen. Like, I mean, personally, I love tools. And... Tools are special things, especially when they're mine. Because, I mean, even when I walk by and I hear someone taking an old saw and just grinding it through the thing and wearing the motor out and then it goes stalls and halfway in, it just makes my heart bleed. 
It does. I mean, some people have passions for different things. Peter likes books. I like tools. It's the way things are. But, see, that's an ocean ball. If I were just like, yeah, this is my tool, I would just break it on this piece here. And I don't care for that tool. If I'm going to lovingly clean it each day and use it carefully, then that means I love that tool. That means emotions involved. But the only problem is, as my father always says, emotions are like little children. They will run away with themselves. If you don't control them, they will control you. And this is so true. So we must control them. The only problem is, we can't control our emotions. In our human bodies, our emotions, we can try as much as we can. And a well-disciplined person will probably be able, possibly be able to do a good job, as we say in the world. But we're not going to get to the Bible's view of perfection in our own selves. We never can. So if we can't control our emotions, we need to give them to someone who can. We need to give them to someone who will be able to control them. And, we, and it says, love God with all your soul. So if our souls, our emotions, our passions, that means we need to give all those passions to God and then come over to Him and get new ones. Ones that will be Christ-like. Ones that will drive us to do things that are Christian. That's, that's a word that is used so loosely today. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, what were you doing yesterday? We'll not talk about that. And it's just so ridiculous. But Christian means Christ-like. So if we need to act like Christ then we need to get His Holy Spirit working through us. In the third part of this commandment, it says, give, it says, love the Lord with all thy mind. And if we're loving, once again, if we're loving Him, we're probably going to give. I mean, we ought to give what we're loving. So if we're loving Him with all our mind up here, we're going to probably give it to Him. Because, you know, I mean, if people are trying to play mind games with me, and I give my mind to God, then there's no mind up there to play with them. So it just doesn't work. And your mind is where your thoughts are made. We cannot humanly control those thoughts. Those thoughts will always want to go to the deep and dark. We will not go there, but they always want to dig around in the dirt. They just like it. I mean, when I was a little child, I always thought that working... When we worked with tar, I was like, I was just hitting my hands in the bucket. The more dirty it was, the harder I worked. But if we're digging in the dirt, we're not being Christ-like. So if we can't control our instinct, as I would put it, to go gravel in the dirt, then we need to get new instincts. We need to get new thoughts. And because, but because it says in Romans 8, Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if we're, if our mind is enmity with God, what does that word enmity mean? It means enmity. It means a person, if I'm fighting a war with someone, I'm the enmity with that person. And in war, Sad to say, you're trying to destroy that person. You're trying to totally wipe that out. You want nothing there on the other side. So if our carnal mind is an enmity with God, one side has to go. 
So if works has to go, I'm sorry, God is Alpha Omega, always the same, yesterday, today, forever. He's not going. Our mind must. And so if our mind cannot, cannot be subject to the laws of God, we must get a new one once again. We need new everything. So we need to go to God. And we need to give him our minds. And we must do this daily, every morning, every night. And we must love God with our minds. And this, that last part says, love God with all my strength. Just let that sink in. This is thirsty work up here. So it says, love God with all your strength. And since we define love as giving, you have to give me your strength. The strength is what makes you go. It makes me go to work each day. It makes you try to jump out of the bed when you just want to lay there for the rest of the day. Now, if you, how many of you know of a man named Michael Faraday? Oh, no one. Oh, I see a few members of my family and Mr. Stephen over there. So Michael Faraday. He was born in 1791 and died in 1867. He harnessed electricity. Electricity runs over a half, at least, of what we do today. It's minus cars. It runs the lights. It runs the fans. It runs the projector. It runs this mic here. Thankfully, it doesn't run me, but... <laughs> electricity was an incredible power. In his time, Electricity was just a toy. I mean, Benjamin Franklin, you know, he touched the string with the key and he got a zap. That was about what we know about electricity. And electricity was just a toy. You played around with it, people went, ooh, and they got it. So electricity was just a toy, but Michael Faraday saw it with this incredible power. And he worked throughout his life. And he created what became our modern generator, the dynamo. And he created electric motors are the principles behind them. And so he was able to harness this great power. Electricity by itself is lightning and starts fires. But he harnessed the electricity to use it to good use. It runs incredible things. And so our strength is incredible. The human strength is one of the most incredible things in this world. The human willpower but, can a horse harness itself? I'd like to see that someday. That would be pretty cool. You know, just hop in the buggy, there's the horse harnessed. Horse can harness yourself. But that's not going to happen. And the electricity neither itself is going to harness itself. So we need to give our electricity over to God so he can harness us. We need to give all our strength in him. We need to empty ourselves himself. Because when I am weak... He is strong. And so what do we find? This is the command. And what is the result? In uh, verse 31. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none that are commandment greater than these. You see, so many people go about this commandment. Love my neighbor. Let's just do this. Uh, God, yeah, you're there, but I'm loving this neighbor here. I'm doing what you said. I know it's really hard to love you because I, I love what I have. I'm going to love you here. And it doesn't work in our human efforts. The golden rule is the perfect example of this. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. That's the human effort. We can't do this. It's not going to work. So if we're having problems here, 
if we don't have to, instead of trying to fix it at the result, we need to go back to the original thing here, and we need to get ourselves right with God. We need to give Him. We need to love Him. We need to love Him as our Savior and as our God. And we need to love Him and give all we have, all that He's given us. He has given us more than we could ever give. And if we have this whole universe, that will be an in, um, infinite, minuscule piece. It would be something you could never count. Compared to what God has already given us through salvation. And so, we, all He wants is that. We give that to Him and love Him and serve Him. And once we have that fixed, then we can come over here. And with Christ in us, we fix this problem here. We become bonded. With this person over here, standing. And through this, and through this commandment, we are able to solve 90% of our, I mean 100% of all the problems between us and other human beings. So let us take this to heart. Let us love God and give Him all that we have daily. Let's pray. Do Jesus, we come before you.